you don't step into that in the immediate. It's a process that you go through. And it's not physical in nature. This is something that you, you get to by faith, by faith. So yes, the Lord, one of the things that the Lord did when he called myself and came into ministry is prophetically, he allowed us by inspiration and speaking through another minister to, be, to see the, minister, the ministry in its height, in its fullness. And we're not there. We have, we have literally just gotten started. But as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter where I am. I, I take God at his word. I take him at his word. So even though this is where we're starting, I know in time to come, we're going to see dimensions of God that are going to just blow our minds. Because he has, and along the way, God has also reminded us of this constantly, which is where the, the faith factor comes in. When you begin now to walk out what it is that God has spoken over your life. But anyone who does not apply faith, it's impossible to please God without faith. So if God is going to um, tell you to do something that's going to cost you $10 million, you know, the first day you're not going to see someone knocking at your door and they, here is a suitcase with $10 million. That's not how it works in God's kingdom. He's, he's going to tell you to go and begin it and believe him for that money, whatever resources, whatever help. All of those things. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, when I'm, when I'm here in front of uh, uh, 10 people, 20, 100, or 1,000, those factors don't, don't mean one iota to me, nothing at all. They're, they're not involved in the conversation. The conversation, the, the thing that I'm doing is understanding that increase come by God. And, it, and this is how we incre God increases you. That means if you have a ministry with, uh, with 10 people and you want to get to 20, you, you need to minister to the 10 that you have and let the Lord deal with it, uh, the factor of the increase. And this is how God increases you. If you're faithful with what, with what he has given you so far, then God will give you 20. Then he'll give you 50 and then he'll give you 100. If you're stewarding what you already have, the methodology that God uses is not consistent with the one of this world. And many people in ministry know their idea of building church is not to steward what God give them today and then uh, ask God or allow God to give them the increase. They use different trickery and all different type of things to bring the numbers in. They'll even water down the word and begin to preach to people's expectation and, and, and uh, defy the word of God. But that's not the technology. So I can sit here before you guys in a very comfortable, confident way and let you know all oh, that I'm, we're going to have an uh, amazing ministry. And the power of God is going to turn up in ways that will blow people's minds and i'm making sure i'm making sure that i say no why i don't want to say it when it all happened and everybody can see it i'm boasting no in god so i'm telling you what god is going to do and it, and the only way uh it can be stopped is if we begin to walk away from god if we begin to be disobedient to him and not continue in the leading of the holy spirit and not continuing to um see god and have a high expectation a high faith that's why i'm not gonna lock in the faith department we're not gonna lock we're gonna continue to believe god for big things and then let him grow us because one of the things is that god will actually increase you as you grow as you become more like jesus christ and as you take the the word of god and apply the word of god apply the word of god and it will speak on your behalf your position in christ will speak on your behalf but if you intellectualize it and only and don't shift yourself and become obedient to it it'll be only be a, a dream 
It'll only be a dream. I, 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 you know, we're not talking about Jesus that was in the manger. You know, a lot of people talk about Jesus in terms of, oh, he's so sweet and he's this and that. They're talking about Jesus as a baby, you know, in, in a manger, not in the capacity that Jesus is right now as the king, as Lord of all, as ruler of all, the most powerful force in the universe. Not many people are having a conversation with God in that dimension, but th this is how I see God. And for me, th therefore, I have absolute reverence and respect, and I want to do everything that he tells me to do right down to the T. That's why this process process of dying that was we have been going through, um, starting from the foundation of things, and being obedient to the word of God, it is the prescribed way for you to hear from God. The Lord will hear your cries, and he sympathizes with your cries and your tears. But your cries and your tears don't motivate God to move on your behalf. His mercy at times will be extended to you. But if you want to see power from God, if you want to see him turn up and turn and change the situation in your family and in your community, you got to now begin to uh, subject yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and be obedient to his word. And there are all, all different kinds of conflicting uh, way that I see people are being disobedient to God's word. It's actually comical. Because God has a plan and an agenda for us collectively and also individually. And when you're seeking God's will, you have to go before God at zero. That means you don't make up your mind and then go before God and try to get him to sign off, to sanction the ideas that come from your soul. Or else the Lord, what, what he will do, he will lead you according to the multitudes of idols that are in your heart. So whatever it is that you're praying to God for, because you already made up your mind that that's what you want to do, he'll lead you down that way. That's what he did with the children of Israel. You know, the primary way that God wanted to take the children of Israel, and they and did he love them with an with a love that I don't see expressed in any dimension, that the love that God loved the children of Israel when he took them out of Egypt. And to think that he still never took them the short way into the promised land. He never did, which was like two weeks away, because he said that they, they would faint. Why? Faint. They would faint in their faith. They never had the belief that he could transaction them to that promised land because they just never had the relevant faith. And when we see God loving them to that dimension and pouring out supernatural power over them, and then we see their response. And they, they ended up dying in, a, in the wilderness, dying in unbelief, dying in murmuring, even though God was leading them by himself, by himself. Fire by night, cloud by day, or, or whichever way it's put in Scripture. That was God. And they failed. And we, the same thing can happen to us right now. So when we come to Jesus Christ, we have to throw away our own ideas. Run to Him and, and seek Him in regards to every area of your life. And, you know, I read the Bible and I read books and I listen to other sermons, and that's great. They encourage me in my faith. But now I, I got, now got to take those things and allow them to empower me to walk out what God is actually asking me to walk out. As powerful as those ministries that are over the globe is, they are not, those ministers are not going to come here and um, you know, undertake what God is asking me to do in this ministry. So I have to you know, learn from them and then be empowered now to walk out my faith in regards to the, um, the personal promises of God and in regards to the ministry. And that's what we all have to do. So, you know, we have been very direct and very real from day one about the cost of discipleship. Not in a pretentious way like I've seen in many of the churches that I've been there. And have I benefited from being, going to some of these churches? Yes. But it's just that we're seeking God at a higher level than they are. 
we're, I'm seeking God based on what he has spoken to us. God has spoken to us in this ministry about the supernatural power. And it's not coming, it's not that we are special. No, it has nothing to do with us. It has to do with what God wants to accomplish through our life and through our ministry. But if we don't come up to that level, we are going to replicate, like I said, on many occasions, what we have seen in other churches. That means we will see, the only thing that I did, I actually was an usher at a previous church. And I, and I would open the doors for the people on Sunday morning. And I would see people come in and I looked at their faces and I saw nothing but pain. I would open the door for them to come in the church and open the door for them to leave the church. And they would come with that pain and leave with that pain. No, no kidding. As if this Jesus that we um, read in the Bible, as if he's a fictitious character. Nobody laid hands on them. Nobody believed God uh, for these type of things. And they got their, the message intellectually, and then they went back home. And I was thinking, that, that's not what I read last week. Uh, something is wrong here. And God was actually allowing me to actually see this. But me, you know, I, there's not one person that's going to come before me that has pain, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that God is going to heal everyone through me, but I'm going to attempt to get everybody healed, everybody delivered. I, I, I refuse to put myself and begin to speak words over people that has no effect and there's no performance of the power of God. This happened in Jesus' life. He was not a fake. So why should Andrade now be a fake, a, not a fake pastor, just uh, studying messages and coming before people every Sunday? I don't get nothing at all from seeing my face on a screen. It doesn't do anything for me. Whether I have um, 10 million people or 100 million people, it doesn't, make, it doesn't move me. I'm not. That's not it. So if God is not going to do something when I, um, when I pray for people or when I speak to people, goodbye. They can get somebody else to do all of this. I'm not interested in that. I want to see people's lives change and transform. And that's why we're doing business with God in a real way. And that's what God is actually looking for this day and age. He's looking for real people. People that really want to um, come and subject everything to him. And that's all we will be. That's why the, the, the church is so void of power. The reason why the church is so void of power is because the pastors are not really in the relational position that they should be. They have intellectual, intellectualized this Jesus and they're not getting the relevant power. And therefore, their congregations are not growing in many cases. Not, that's not to say all of the churches, right? I'm talking mainly about the Canadian church. <laughs> Come down here in London. I mean, when I, you know, I'm just talking to you guys this morning like friends. Eh? When I came to London, I thought, and I saw how many churches were, were down here. I thought, no kidding. I was like, what? what is poor myself and Kim doing down here? I saw churches like crazy down here. Like, why did God bring us down here? I'm like, they don't need any church. We've probably been through to like uh, nearly 10 different churches since we've been here. But all you have to do is go to those churches for a little bit and begin to see why God brought you down here. He said, oh, they're dead. They're just intellectual messages, a little bit of encouragement. Every now and then, uh, you know, Aunt Mary get a little bit of healing in her ankle. And everybody go home to their Sunday dinner. And that's what's happening down here. That's not what's in Scripture. And that's not what Jesus spoke about. Anybody who's, who's, uh, who can read the Bible and say that's what is in Scripture, you're talking to a blind person. This is not what we're supposed to do. We need to wake up. 
we, uh, we need some of us really need to have an, a new encounter with Jesus Christ. I should, I pray that God would actually begin to speak to you like He speak He spoke to me and like He's speaking to me with urgency, with the idea that this is not a game that people literally are dying and going to hell that reality sometimes is not even consistent in our in our um, consciousness as we go about our, our daily lives it's dumbed down by this world dumbed down we're just beginning to wake up we're just beginning to come into that perspective that people are dying and going to hell and we are the solution to them people are being oppressed by the enemy and if you don't go before them with power that means if you don't begin to live a life that is consecrated to Jesus Christ, when you go before people that are possessed with demons, you'll not be able to help them. But Jesus, we see what happened in the case of Jesus. Oh, he went into different territories. And the demons didn't wait until he sought them out. They would run to him, begging for mercy, because they, they understood <clears throat> who is the boss. So you, you're, are you telling me that, that demons that have been condemned to hell have a better revelation of Jesus Christ than we believers? They bow down to him and say, what do you come here to do? To torment us? It is not yet our time. They, have already, they, they know that they have been um, sentenced to the lake of fire. And they, and they know it's just not time. And they have settled the score in that regard. They know that they, un, they understand the, the power of God and that they can't defeat him. In the meantime, how about we just, after 7.2 plus billion people on planet, how about we take at least 5 billion of them and, and bring them down there with us so they can burn for eternity with us? And that is the comfort that Satan and his demons have. That is the only consolation they have, that we are going to bring more. And those people are you and I, are our brothers and our sisters that we're walking by in the mall. And they're in our family. And the only way, I tell you this one more time, the only way that you will ever be, God will ever be able to do anything in their lives through you is if you totally die to your own ideas, die to yourself and give your life to Jesus Christ and stop pursuing this world. And allow the Holy Spirit to now lead you. That is the only way you will help them. Apart from that, you will call yourself a Christian. You will go to church. You will talk about the sweetness of Jesus. But, but you, when you speak to them, they will pay you no mind. They won't pay you any attention. Because there will be no relevant conviction and empowerment from the Spirit to deliver them. So why would they come to someone who cannot, who doesn't have a solution to their issues? So since we begin to, and this is the, you know, when the Lord Jesus Christ was here on the earth and he spoke, he was like this, that he spoke. Pretty, pretty, um, go read the Bible. Go read the words of Jesus Christ and see how sharp and piercing they were. And that he spoke about hell way more than he, he spoke about heaven. And that he spoke about the spiritual way more than he spoke about the physical. He was more concerned with a person going to heaven than living to, to 18, 90, 100 years old with a good pension plan and a, and a, a good retirement plan. He's, in, in God's eyes, it would be better if they died when they were 20 years old and went to heaven than live to 100 years old and went to hell. Is our thought process consistent with that? If it's not, we're still in the flesh. The longer, the longer we procrastinate, is the more people, the body of Christ procrastinate, is the more people go to hell. So in, in, in having an opportunity to be an, um, a pastor or an evangelist or whatever capacity God wants to use us in, the idea is that we're going to do real business. And, you know, with the results that we're actually seeing now, we can speak very, I mean, I, was, I, always, I never had any doubt about Jesus. But with the results that he's actually affording us now, I can speak very, very confidently.
when, when we go in front of people, we can speak very, very bold. If the Lord said, go over to uh, this place or whatever, and this person is being afflicted by a demon, I know when I go over there that that demon is gone. Has to let go, period. That's not for me. This is for the body of Christ. It's for everyone. And you see, God has written the word. Men inspired by the Spirit wrote the word of God. You see, all of these inspirational songs, that many of them we can tell that they are the anointing of the Spirit when we listen to them. And then when we begin to hear the very words that are spoken over us, so many of them, they have been written by the hundreds of thousands and maybe the, and the millions. That is God constantly communicating to His church, to His body, in many different ways, through sermons, through music, so many different ways. He's begging us to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Because this world is painting a different picture. Every time you look at TV, they show you what is the idea of a perfect family and, uh, and, and all of that type of stuff. And these things, they, paint, they, they influence us and take us for, from God. But yeah, the, the Lord called us down here. And we are, when we see blind people, let me tell you what we're going to do. When we see the blind we're not going to pretend like they're blind. Like, uh, you know, okay, let's just speak the words to them. Anointed words. And we're not going to pray for their blind eyes to open. When we see people with cancer, you know, since I've been down here, I've played, prayed for several people with cancer. I pray for people in wheelchair. That's the type of thing that, because if God has um, called you to do these things, you have to know, be bold enough to step out and do it. So today we want to, you know, last week we were talking about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we went through a few of those. And I was going to just finish off on that this week, but then I felt like the Lord led me in a different direction. I'm going to try and go as quick as possible today. The Lord led me in a different direction this week. I fought a lot of battles this week with the Internet and with the computer. And by the grace of God, we are here with a little bit more grains than last week. But at least I, um, it seemed like everything's OK. All right. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit more about our position and identity in the kingdom of God. Our position and identity in the kingdom of God. This is not something that we understand when we are in the old nature. And sometimes it takes us a while to come into our spiritual position by revelation, by understanding. Understanding who we are in Christ. Which, is, which can be something, I mean, if you came to the Lord at the, the age of 60 years old, for example. And you've just been born again. Like, what do you know about spiritual things? Probably not a lot. So this has nothing to do with age. Someone who has been walking with the Lord since they're five years old, they're probably more than like they're going to know more than you know. And that is that this is the way it is. So we have to start whenever we come to the Lord, we have to start from zero. We have to be like a child at that 60 years old, just like that five-year-old. So let's go to in um, talking about our identity in Christ, this position that you and I have. OK, let's hash it out this morning once and for all a little bit more. This position that we have in Christ. Let's go to the word of God and see in because you know what the Bible says? The Bible says a scripture. There's a scripture in the Bible that says it, it said we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus mm -hmm. above principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. What does that mean? We're seated in heavenly places. It's talking about you as a spirit man after you receive Jesus Christ. That you're no longer like this world. Look at you and look at this physical body and think that is you. They look at you physically and, and think that is, that is who you are. 
that is no longer who you are. They will value you based on your finances, based on your positions, based on your friendships, and all of the different indicators that we use down here. But God is now giving you a different value system, a different identity. And when you become a, a child of God, you must be, you, you have to come at some point into this identity and this position. Because if you realize that you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus above these principalities and powers, why should they be afflicting you? And the Bible says also that we will trample on serpents and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. Why are we not doing this? If it, that means that whenever you turn, whenever the devil is afflicting your family member, your friend, you need to go before them and, and deliver them and speak to the entity that is actually afflicting them. And as a child of God, that entity has to be, has to obey you. So if you, one, if you don't have that um, identity and that conviction, well, it's not the end of the world. We are all, uh, we are here to inspect how to get there. That's why we're here. That's why the Lord sent you to church, to the church, not for the pastors to just do something intellectual and send you back home and you feel good, spiritual, because you did your, um, whatever it is that appeased your conscience. That's not what it is. You're spo we're supposed to go there so that we can be built up. So when, that we, when we come back home, come back to our family members, and we begin to see what the enemy is doing, we speak back to that enemy, understanding the, the authority that we have. And that's what Jesus Christ spoke in his word concerning the church. And we are the church. We are those individuals. So First Corinthians, uh, uh, Revelations 1, 5 to 6. Let's start there. Revelations 1, 5 and 6. And, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. That means Jesus was the first one to be raised from the dead. He's not the only one that's going to be raised from the dead, even us, right? And the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus washed us and cleansed us by going to that cross and dying for our sins. But look at this. And had made us kings and priests. Kings and priests, unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That is crazy, that God has made us kings and priests. Uh, okay, when you go to school, are they, are they reminding you that you're a king and that you're a priest in the secular world? Is there any place in the secular world that will uh, um, attach this identity to, you, identity to you? I would think not. It's only in um, the word of God. And when you begin to plug into who you are in Christ, that you will have this understanding. You will have this revelation. Let's go to Revelations 5, 9 and 10. What I'm actually saying to you guys, which we already have, um, everybody's at a different level. Uh, we already have an understanding of, <clears throat> is that it was designed that you would walk in power. It was designed that you would walk in authority. It was designed that you would fly like an eagle, not pick the ground like a chicken. That's how God designed it. You know? That's why sometimes when we go to pray to God and we cry and we cry and we cry, it's, you know, the, the scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. What is God supposed to do with your tears? When he has given you his word, go get that identity that is in your word and, and begin to soar and take authority over your situation. That's what he wants us to do. Grow up and become men and women. And stop sobbing before him continually. Sobbing does not get God to move. Aligning with his word is what gets him, get him, get God, the power of God to come. So Revelations 5, 9 and 10. 
It says, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Are we really reigning on the earth? I asked yourself this question this morning. Are we operating in the capacity as a, of a priest and, and a king? Or they have just brainwashed us to think that we should take care of the financial needs of, of the family, raise our um, sons and daughters, make sure they get good schooling, and, then, and, then, and that's it. And then whenever you know, we're being afflicted, whether it be physically, financially, or, you know, our family member, we just allow the, the carnal means that are there, the doctors, the psychiatrists, the psychologists, and all of those people to take care of our needs. And then we end up burying people in our, in our families before time. Does that sound like dominion? Does that sound like what uh, the life of a king and a priest? I think now you guys would agree with me that there's a a miscommunication in, in regards to what we have been hearing in the churches. I wish I could actually see some faces. With, with that explanation, I think we, we can see that something, we've been short-sold on, on something. That God has promised us more than we're allowing to manifest in our lives. And if we were at that place in a previous season, well, we thank God for his grace, and we thank God for his mercies, and we thank God for second and third chances. And now we have an opportunity now to go back a little bit deeper in the Word of God and let this identity and this priesthood and king um, position, let it take place inside of you and begin to reign on the earth, begin to reign on the earth. And this thing started in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. This is not something new. This is, let's go to uh, Exodus 19. Exodus 19, and we'll read 5, five and 6. Verses 5. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation, these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. A kingdom of priests and kings. That was the position that God called the Israelites into. Did they mature into that position? That is another story. Why did they not mature into this position? Because there were two conditions that were needed for them to reign as kings and priests. And in many cases... The people failed. Number one was to obey his voice, obey God's voice. And two, keep his covenant. Keep his covenant. So if you want to mo motivate God, if you want to motivate God to begin to move in your life, it's not tears. It's not begging. That is actually pathetic. It's not that type of mentality. It's obey, obedience, and keep his covenant. Be obedient to what is written in the word. And when you go, that's why the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, a righteous man. That's not to talk about perfection as if every time you make a mistake, God will condemn you. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. 
We're talking about consistency in disobeying the word of God, just your way of operation. So that, that does not put you in right standing in God when you're constantly being disobedient. And therefore, your prayers at that level will not be answered. God will still show you mercy, but your prayers will not be answered. So we have to meet these conditions. And if we meet these, con if we understand who we are and then begin to meet these conditions, then no, we can expect a performance of the power of God concerning the things that he has spoken to us about. Now look, let's look to the new, because in the Old Testament, they were not able to do this. Under the Old Covenant, they were not able to do this. Because they never had the Holy Spirit. They, 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 it was impossible for them to do it within their own strength. But if we go to Hebrews 9, and we'll read 13 to 15. It says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, focus on this on verses 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. We are able to, we are able to walk in this dimension and fulfilling um, being obedient to God by the empowerment that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. This is why the New Testament believer can actually walk in a way that is pleasing to God, because God is giving us the ability to do so. That means we literally have no excuses. We have no excuses. But the the most when it comes on to covenant, let's talk about covenant one of the most the most important thing when it come, comes on to covenant is sacrifice sacrifice something has to give that's where you now the flesh and the life and the pursuits the different things that you want to pursue if you go after those things and don't make the sacrifice of commitment to god it won't happen it won't happen for you the spiritual and you will find yourself between two different places divided and what does the bible say a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways let not that man think that he will receive anything from the lord i'll give you for example in myself and kim's case we were we are not from a, a family that have that have um a lineage of pastors and preachers and so forth like that no no this is like a brand new thing to us we were like working and um, raising a family and you know just busy with work and here, no, we, we were going to church, and no, the Lord began to have people speak to us concerning ministry. No experience in, from that capacity. Yes, we have uh, levels of understanding of the things of God because we have been going to church for a very long time, but not consistent with actually pastoring or leading um, God's people. There was a lot of learning that had to be undertaken before we would come into this position. And we were full-time full -time employees. So it was going to take a sacrifice. It was going to take a lot of decisions. We had to walk away from, I mean, God was the one who was giving us the ability to make money before. But for me to give up all of my um, job, and, and for the first thing I did a little bit after was to take time off from work. So I never worked for two and a half years. That's a lot of money I gave up. You see that sacrifice? It's not the same sacrifice for everybody. Just giving you our case, right? 
because not everyone is called. Um, some people are actually called into the business world. Some people are actually called to be teachers. Some people are actually called to be doctors. But those things can actually consume all of your time. And know when God is actually calling you into a closer rela relationship. And you have to begin to spend time in prayer, fellowshipping together, and doing all of these type of things. If you don't watch out, there's going to be a conflict between what you would think is important in your family life and your finances and pursuing God. And now you realize that there has to be a sacrifice. So that's what one of the things that's one of the things that we had to do. We had to give up the jobs and then begin to go to uh, ministry school and begin, begin to uh, allow God to prepare us as we submitted to him. That it was very uncomfortable when we had two young kids and Monday mornings we were uh, Monday nights we were at church. Wednesday, we were at church. Friday, we were at church. And Sunday, we were at church. But it took that time frame for God to begin to prepare us for what he has called us to. So we had to make that sacrifice. The covenant is going to be ineffective. Don't do business with God emotionally. It won't work. Do, God, do business with God uh, just directly, honestly. And that's when you will begin. To, that's why the... the when no I can um, like I'm saying it's very confidently I feel really good that no I don't have to stay before people and fake you know and act like I'm some type of a man of God and I'm speaking words and nothing is happening thank God that the, um, God didn't make me to be to be like that because I, I have to be honest I I, I, I can't be like um, sir you know preachers not only preachers but I can't lie before God, I got to be 100% honest when I'm talking to people. Let me let this uh, person in. So let's go look, look at Revelation. Uh, let's look at Psalms 50 verses 5. The book of Psalms 50 and verses 5. It says, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice it's not convenient to be a disciple of jesus christ with power it's not convenient your your god is going to stretch you in a, in a lot of different elements he's going to stretch you i mean look you think about from a financial perspective imagine you are used to going to a, um work and working a paycheck and you come with your paycheck and you do whatever you want to do with your, your paycheck and you go shopping with all of this. And then you come to God and he's telling you about sharing and giving and tithing and those type of stuff. Who would not have a problem with that? What? When did my money, my bank book get involved in this? When did my house? Because remember, you know, when you come in this kingdom, one of the things that God will teach you really quick is that you are no longer, you don't own anything. You are stewards. And the Bible says of stewards that they should be faithful. They're required to be faithful, that you steward what God has given you. Because I'm going to die, leave the house, um, the car, and the money in the bank. I'm just a steward. I'm just a, a keeper of it. And I have to use it for the furtherance of the kingdom of heaven. So when I think about the house, we have to use the house in that regard. When I think about the cars, we have to use the cars in that regard. You know, under the old nature, the only thing you want to do with your, when you're, with your car is put your family members in there. Every now and then someone else might come in there. But that selfish nature, you don't want to you don't want to open up your house. You don't want to open up your cars. You don't want to open your bank account. And that type of that is not something that happens organically. Right? That is not something 
there's a lot of resistance there because of the old nature the old nature and we have to deal with this the mind has to be renewed or else we're not going to come you know we're going to live our life and never come into this <clears throat> into this position of being a king and a priest and see and see the benefits of the power of god moving through you people's life being transformed and saved and so forth by the way when god now beginning to initiate you to give of your car give use your house for his purposes use your finances for his purposes if you do that what he will do is increase you he will it will it will cause you to come into um it will give you a better car it will be, give you a better house but if you if you know say you know i don't think so i'm not gonna do that then those benefits are from heaven is not going to come your way. You see why you're not walking in, um, in in dominion, why you're not walking in your kingly authority, because you're not subjected to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When I say subjected, it's something that you have to do. You have to get yourself there. You you know, what if the Lord says, you know, hey, um, what if the Lord says to me today, you know, tomorrow I want you to give, um, who is there, Stephanie, $100,000. Write a check to Stephanie tomorrow. I know you have the money in the bank to Stephanie for $100,000. You know, I want to be at a place that the only thing I will um, make sure to know is that it was God and not the devil telling me to do it. That's the only thing. But if I'm sure that this Jesus Christ is saying that I should give $100,000 to Stephanie, Stephanie, I'm knocking on your door with $100,000 or whichever way it's delivered. I want to be at that place that I can obey God in everything. And I think, my people of God, this is what we should This we Get to know him at that level. Ask him for the relevant faith to be obedient, to do everything that he wants you to do. That's what we should desire to do. And I'm asking God, give me the faith. If you're at a point where something is actually hindering you from doing what God is asking you to do, then ask him for help. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. They could not overcome it under the old covenant by themselves and we're not going to be able to overcome it by ourselves mm -hmm. under the new covenant so we have to ask the lord for the grace to do so and god by the holy spirit will empower you to get to get to that place where you can trust him in that regard because it's going to take that level of trust and uh, sacrifice before you begin to operate as a king you have to fulfill your priestly responsibility before you can operate as a king. And if you're praying for people and they're not getting breakthrough, if you're praying for people and they're not getting saved, if you're praying for people and they're not getting healed, guess where the problem is? In the priestly aspect of it, the priestly aspect of it. You got to go back to the priestly and say, why is it that God is not doing in me what he did in Christ? Because I'm not fulfilling my priestly responsibilities so you reign with god as kings and as as priests and as kings but you have to take care of the priestly responsibilities let's go to deuteronomy 28 and verses 13. it says and the lord shall make thee the head and not the tail and thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath and if and if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the lord thy god which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. See, everything is about obedience. And then you shall be like the head and not the tail. The head and not the tail. Now, the tail is just pulled along and follows. 
but the head initiates and makes decisions. And God is actually saying that when we are fulfilling that covenant, that commitment of sacrifice to him in spiritual things, that we will be the head. Do you think you're going to be worried about your retirement when Jesus, when you're no longer working it out on your own and you've subjected your finances to, to the Lord Jesus Christ and living by bibl biblical principles? Do you think you have to uh, uh, worry about your retirement? That's not to say that you don't steward the finances that you have and make plans for those things. That's not what I'm actually saying. But then in our case, I don't, I'm not having a job where I'm paying into my retirement right now because I'm uh, doing ministry full time. So the government is not saving me money for when I retire or some company. Do I, am I worried about my retirement? Hell no. I'm not worried about no retirement. I'm a retire with, um, with, with uh, Jesus being my banker and my, my retirement advisor. Is it better than that? Nobody with any amount of money in their retirement can be better than me. That means I will have contentment even if God wanted me to live in a one-bedroom, right, and on a certain income. That's not to say that it's going to be lavish. No, I just want to be in God's will. That's, that is um, what this is about. Now, who is a priest? When we think about the priest, we begin to think about, look at, for example, the example the Catholic Church. I like to do the Catholic Church bad because they wasted the Church of Jesus Christ so much, I might as well do them bad. So we, look, we, we, we see them burning incest and walking around in their long gowns, and we think that they are the priests. No, all of us New Testament believers, we are the priests of God. The minute you come to Jesus Christ and you begin to pursue him, you can come into this um, revelation, this understanding. One month, two months after that, you can be driving demons out of people. And preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with power. People speaking in tongues and getting breakthrough. That's how God designed it. So we want to take a, um, a different perspective this morning and understand that we are the priests. We, in the New Testament, we are the priests. Let look, look at, let's look at First Peter, First Peter 2 and verses 5. 1 Peter 2. It says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices. We have to offer those sacrifices. Let's move to Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5 and verses 1. It says, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. We know that Jesus Christ is our high priest. But, you know, let's, in your priestly position, look at what you can do. Your families that have not been saved, can you intercede for them, for their salvation as a priest in your household? That's one of the benefits of being a priest. You see why you want to be operating in who in your kingdom identity? Because now your prayers will be heard. Your prayers are not heard because you speak them out of your mouth. No. Or else everybody would be getting their prayers answered. Your prayers are heard because you have right standing with God. Who shall ascend to the mountain of God? Those with clean hands, clean hands and a pure heart. This whole thing from day one with the children of Israel until now, has been about obedience, 
like we have stated before. It has been about obedience and sacrifice and commitment to Jesus Christ. It is a very rare thing these days to see people, very, very rare to find an individual who is committed to Jesus Christ. They are rare. We're not talking about the ones that talk. We are talking about the ones that you can see that they're living a life that is committed to Jesus Christ. It's rare. If you're here this morning, all of us have some adjustments to make, including myself. There are still areas of my life that um, God is actually working on. But I'm giving the Lord uh, freedom to do so. So what are the responsibilities of a priest? Know that we know that we are a priest, that we are um, designed. I know that we know what we need to do, that there needs to be a sacrifice. What are the responsibilities of a priest? Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12 and we read 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Offer your body a, live, or a living sacrifice. So we, I was going um, earlier just talking a little bit about myself and came on the sacrifice that we had to make in terms of walking away from our jobs and leaving all of that money behind. And then paying the price also of a very, of, you know, beginning now to to go to like uh, ministry school and take advantage of any any way that we could learn the sacrifice of studying the word there was a time when i was reading the word of god um like five four five hours every day just back and from i read from uh genesis to revelation then i start from genesis and read to revelation and some of the other books in the new testament i would read them two three four times over and over over and over over and over you know, that took a lot. No, I'm not saying everybody have to do that. Because God's not calling all of us to do the very same thing. But if I didn't do that, you know, I wouldn't have uh, the conviction that I have today. If I didn't take that time out to really get into the Word, and it's something that I still do, not as um, rigorous as I did back then. But if I did not do that, I wouldn't have the conviction and the understanding that it you now takes for me to, for God to use me at a, at a different level. Number two, we have read the scripture several times. He says, and be not conformed to this world. This is a concept that's hard to understand in the Christian community. It's hard. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If, you're, if your thought process is consi consistent with this world, the word of God is saying, that you will not know the good and perfect will of God. You don't even have a concept what's actually happening. This this um, process has to be worked out inside of you, right? Let's go to um, Hebrews 13 and verses 5. I'm, I'm trying to use uh, a lot of scripture references because we don't really want to talk about things from our opinion. It has to be backed up by uh, scriptures. Hebrews 13 and verses 5. No, actually, 15. Uh, Hebrews 13 and verses 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So one of the sacrifices that we make is to actually of worship, constantly worshiping and praising God. Not, not only in the form of songs, but in the mind that we being aware of God, babysitting the soul that your that your thought process is not uh, in the realm of the flesh, 
and you don't just have any conversations. You're mindful now that the Holy Spirit resides inside of, inside of you. So you're constantly giving God thanks and, and, and worship. This is just a state that we're in perpetually. Look at uh, Hebrews 13. This is going to stretch you guys this morning, and it's good, because if you're really going to grow spiritually, we, have to be, we all have to be stretched. We have to get out of our comfort zone. I mean, they, when I begin to go to really get into the things of God and begin to learn the things in my life that needed to be changed, I was not resistant to it. I was trying to gain understanding, but and as I gained understanding, I, was, I now had the relevant faith to change what needed to be changed. So get the relevant uh, understanding that you need so you can now make the decision to align yourself with the Word of God. Hebrews 13 verses uh, 16, it says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. But to do good, talking about sharing with others, opening up, we have to open up now. The selfish nature is, once you come to Jesus Christ, the selfish nature begins to be taken away from you. You might not have even been interested in saying hello to people or sharing, but how can you be a child of God? and operate in that way. It, it, it's not, it's not um, consistent with the kingdom that Jesus Christ spoke of. We're, we're now uh, born again. Another, another role of the priest is to present physical gifts and offerings to God. We dealt with that already. Present spiritual gifts and offerings to God. I, I'm just going to give you some scripture references. I'm not going to spend a lot of um, time on that one. You know, I really don't like um, uh, when it comes down to the finances of it. I always pray, Lord, you know, take care of my finances in another way, right? Because we have so many different, um, you know, opinions when it comes on to tithes, when it comes on to offerings. It's something that I do. I tithe. And uh, not only do I tithe, I actually give to different ministries. Why? Because I believe that when I give to ministries that, you know, the job that they're undertaking for God, that they're able to do so without worrying about uh, their financial needs. Because when you're, just like in your household, if you have financial problem, you can't, uh, you you know, there's no peace in your household, right? When you're thinking about your bank wanting to repossess your house or your landlord is unhappy because you didn't pay the rent, these things actually distra distract you from actually focusing on what you should be doing. So when I when I give to a ministry, right? Because, okay, if I don't give to, the, to a ministry, then always the pastor, uh, what if all of the pastors work full-time? They would not have any time to study the word of God, lay before the Lord. This can be, you know, when it comes on, to, like in my case, I tell you this, right? Do you know what I'm doing 24-7? Because not, I'm not at work. I'm here before the presence of the Lord 24-7. That doesn't mean that I'm reading the word all the time or praying it all the time. But all of my being is just consumed with the things of God. Thank God that the Lord took care of the financial area out of my life because this message that I'm giving you this morning would be some watered down. I would be probably like this, sleeping right in front of you guys, tired from the work. So if, if we don't finance the kingdom of um, the, the pastors and the evangelists and the apostles and the prophets and, and allow them to um, go and do the work of God, how are they going to accomplish this? How are they going to rent a building and pay the rent? Or are they going to fly to different parts of the world and preach the gospel? You know, set up sound system and all of the different investments that are needed there. Practically speaking, it, this, it doesn't make sense, right? So we, that's, and if we go under the Old Testament, we see that God um, arranged that the people would um, bring and share with the Levites. 
their gifts and their offering to God. And did they sacrifice all of it? Did they burn the whole ram? No. If you go read in the Old Testament, you will see that they actually, for the priest to eat, because the priest is a man, and he had to eat a piece of the meat to survive, or he's going to die. So he, he was supposed to take a hook, and he, and he throw it down in the, the thing they call a cauldron, and pull up a piece of meat from the, the meat that was being offered as a sacrifice unto the Lord. And that's how they survived. That's how, um, this is how ministers actually survive for most churches, right? I'm asking God that that, that, um, that will not be my uh, source of income. So I can, you know, I don't want to be dependent uh, on people's offer. But I'm just saying that, you know, when we get, it's very important that we give to different ministries. It's very important that we, we support the financial aspect of the work that God is actually doing on the planet. And don't think that this is not something that we should be doing. So that's one of the things that we need to do. Now, now, who is a king? Right? When you take care, like I was saying previously, when you take care of your priestly responsibilities, all of those things that we have been talking, speaking about previously, then now you can operate as a king. That in your business, in your workplace, like promotion will come without you even asking. God will actually open up supernatural ways for you to come into when you're... Um, given to the kingdom of heaven and actually one of the people that uh, you know have really blessed me in this area is um sister marcia because she's this is one that one of the areas where she really understands like um tithing and offerings and so forth like that and which the lord has actually blessed her when i hear her um you know just oh she has constructed her financial life in god i go oh it was just a um an example for me to uh, say wow because it's very rare that I see someone who is just so diligent in this area. But she knows that the Lord have, has kept her and blessed her over the years because she was obedient to this principle. Okay, so let's look at, um, so we, we can rule with authority. Let's look at Psalms 110 verses 1. Psalms 110 verses 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right, right hand until I make thine enemy, enemies thy footstool. Verses 2, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. We know that Jesus is speaking about Jesus here. But in terms of now, we are the ones that will rule and reign by being led by the Holy Spirit, not by our own ideas, but being led by the Holy Spirit. We are the ones that God is actually using on the earth to accomplish everything that he wants to accomplish. And how, we, how are we used? If we, In Matthew, let's look at what, what is the commission. What is the great commission? Go to Matthew 28, verses 18. How are we supposed to undertake this commission that is given to us in uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20? And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy, Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe, observe all things whatsoever I, I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That is the great commission that, we are, that is supposed to be undertaken. And for that, we need to have power. We need, it, we need to be functioning in our 
in our kingly position that is in Christ. Let's go to Ephesians 2 and verses 6. Ephesians 2 and verses 6. It says, And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In heavenly places. That is the, as we live on this earth now and have these physical bodies, the Bible is saying that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Why, why is it that the Bible is saying that? And why is that God putting us in that position? It's, this is in who we were created to be, our spiritual essence and the authority and the dominion that we have on this earth. So how do we rule? We rule through prayer. But our prayer, prayers must be based on scriptures. Must be based on scripture and the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at 1 John 5 and verses 14. It says here, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Right? He, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, we know some of the things that are according to God's will. Is the salvation of our families according to God, God's will? Yes. Is the healing of our bodies according to God's will? Yes. So in many cases, why are we praying and these things are not being granted? It's, it, has, it has to do everything with, to do with the priestly aspect of it. We are not conducting the affairs of God properly. We have to go back to the priestly and find out our responsibilities as a priest. The last scripture, someone's asking about the last scripture, 1 John 5, 14. Our, our prayers must correspond to the rhema of God, to the word of God. Or to are the the logos of God, which is the written word. But God can give you a, a no word, also called a rhema word. That is the Holy Spirit dropping this in your spirit, in your spirit. And this is the technology. This is the way that God would have you pray. Let's go to Romans eight, verses uh, twenty-six. Romans eight twenty-six. I'm skipping a lot of arms. Um, Yes. scriptures and keeping Kim Kim uh, really busy here and sometimes you know the thing is you know when I'm when I'm home and I'm looking for a scripture I just go like that boom and I find it eh? and then when I'm here and I'm searching for a scripture sometimes I pass revelation and I'm looking for the scripture like as if there's a book beyond revelation so I'm I don't think you're the only one sometimes struggling to find the scriptures it says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose Actually, verses 26, I, I'm looking for 26. It says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. The spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we're talking about even praying. Last week, we were talking about praying in tongues. This dimension that is available to the Christian that the Holy Spirit can take you and pray to, through you. That is the level that God is actually calling us to. And this is 
the process that we must allow. We, you know, it's good to hear the word of God, but think about it. Are we going to manifest it? Do you want to see the power of God in your house, in your family? Do you want to see things change? This is the way to truly submit to Jesus Christ. Everything. He will not disappoint you. You, we will have, you will have different encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ when you subject yourself to him. He will literally come and speak to you in ways that will blow your mind. After I did really begin to uh, get this understanding and commit ourselves to the, to the Lord, it was mind-blowing the things that God spoke over my life and came. When it, come, you know, when it comes down to, why would I worry about finances? And the Lord, I, let's not go there. But God has addressed our finances already. I don't have to worry about uh, finance. I, I didn't have a word from my banker, and I didn't have a word from my uh, employer. Because none of them can actually give you a promise that can hold any water anyways. Subject each area of your life to Jesus Christ. You will begin to see that power. You will begin, you listen, we want, I want the power to come so much. I want to, listen, I want to hear the demons cry. I want to hear them scream when I go before them. And get out and loose the people of God. I want to see the people that have cancer. I want to see them freed of cancer. That those are that are hopeless. How many children that are in the hospital beds now? Who is gonna go? Um, who is gonna go and, and give them hope? If we don't go out there and do it, this is what we're talking about. You know, we're not talking about tea and bread, asking God just for personal needs. No, we're talking about ruling. We're, we're talking about, this is why it's so important that we went through this lesson before we even go finish the gifts and begin to talk about the prophetic, the prophetic realm. Because the prophetic has to do with a lot of utterance, a lot of words. But if you're talking, speaking words, and you don't have any revelation of these words, words they're not going to have the effect. I've been in churches like that. They pray, 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 pray. And the way we Stayed and pray, my God Almighty. I, you know, we Jesus should have come down and sat right there in the front, in front of us, and nothing happened because they were not fulfilling their priestly responsibilities. They think it's the verbosity of their of their tongues. Like who cares? How oh, if you pray in tongues for ten hours for the day, and if you they can stay, they can hear you one mile away. I that we're nobody's impressed with that type of stuff. The idea is that there will be a performance of the things that you're speaking. That the person who is before you, that is in pain, that healing come to their body, healing come to their minds, and they and, and they get they get freedom. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus operated as a priest. He did that. He totally subjected everything to the lordship of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I do nothing unless I see my father do it first. Not in a pretentious way like we've been saying, but in actuality. So inspect. Go and inspect. Don't just go to church for years and listen to these messages. Truly begin to cry out to God. I did that. I cried out to God. I was so desperate for him. I said, Lord, and you know, quite frankly, I was actually bored with life by the age of 21. And I was wondering why I was on the planet because I didn't see any purpose in it. Because if it was just about, um, you know, buying a house and a car and raising a family, well, that might be good for you guys. But, you know, I was like, you know, I didn't have to come here. I could have done without tasting um, food. Or anything else. I was bored at 21. I was still living in Jamaica at that time. And I had a job. And I would come out of my job every midday. And walk around. I worked in Halfway Tree. And I would walk around Halfway Tree. And just lament my life. How useless it is. 
because I didn't, my, I didn't have, and even though I grew up in church, but at this time, nobody was there to mentor me and teach me into the things of God. So I suffered for many years in that state. Other people, you buy them a BMW or, or a Mercedes-Benz, and, and then they're good. That didn't do anything for me, and it still doesn't do anything for me. I don't, my, no value is added to my life from anything material. But I thank God that, you know, he had a, in the fullness of time, he revealed why I'm actually here. And now I have meaning, now I have purpose, now I have destiny. Now I don't have to pray that God would kill me and take me off of this dead earth. Because I have a, um, you know, we have a calling and a destiny to, to reach the lost and so forth. So there is meaning in life. There is reason for me to be here now. And there is reason for each and every one of us to be here. Spiritual reasons. If you only acquire material things, you know, sooner or later you're going to realize that you wasted your life. This picture that they painted of you of uh, 40 years and then retirement. It's very pathetic. You might make it to heaven, but you're going to lose your reward. And that's when you're really going to um, want to receive your reward. More than you really wanted to receive those paychecks from your, from your job. You're going to say, whoa, I missed out. I'm not, I don't want to miss out on what the Lord Jesus Christ want to give me in his kingdom. I'm working towards that now. And God needs all of us to work, begin to work towards that, to get into this, um, become the people that he created us to be. And let's all go and win the loss. Let's all go and begin to lay hands on people. And when you lay hands on people, power will come out of you. Power will emanate from your being. This is what we're talking about. You. We're not gathered here. We're not gathered here for church. Like, you know, we see some of these big ministry and we see thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are, that are there. Are you going to, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't stay in those churches, right? I'd be bored to death. If the only thing they're going to do is preach to me, I've, I don't survive, survive well in the church. And I was, I would leave, you know, many people go to church and they get encouraged. I don't get encouraged when I go to church. It doesn't do, um, rarely I have any um, lesson that actually, unless it's something that is empowering me to go and do something. And most of the churches that I've, uh, they never had that in intention. Most of the churches that I've visited before, we want people to be activated. In this season activated when you come when you come to church know that god is going to touch you when you come up there and you know the lessons that we have been i'm at the end the lessons that we have been uh, going through since we started these are the lessons that will bring you into that into that position in god so allow the holy spirit cry out to god in your home in your um closet and ask the Lord for a touch. Ask him for an encounter. And don't give up. So, Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, that you have called us to be priests and you have called us to be king. And you have called us to rule, O oh Lord God, to speak things that are not as if they were, O oh God. And that when, we, when, when you, we go before your people, Lord, that are suffering, that are hurting, and we speak and we pray that your power would come, O oh Lord God and touch them and change their lives, O oh Lord Jesus. So Father, as we are here before you, we open ourselves this morning to that revelation, to that understanding, to that position that we are in you. And I pray now, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that you would empower your, your people with this understanding, with this revelation, O oh God, that they, were, they would know that they were created to have a relationship with you and function in your body and bring about the things that you've spoken in your word. 
that when they go and speak, O oh Lord God, your power would manifest in those situations, O oh Lord God. So let them come into a greater understanding and revelation of their position in you this morning. Father, give them strength, O oh God. Open their spiritual eyes and ears that they would understand that they would, they would be the ones that truly hear and hear. That hears and understand, O oh Lord God. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing through our lives. We give you the praise and the thanks, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I just have um, a quick testimony just to share. Um, as Andrade was talking about the priest would and just the call and... Um, I'm still shaken by it. So anyway, the call and the priest would. And I can remember um, when the Lord has started just to open our eyes to see the ministry and to see the broken and to see the hurting. And at the end of the churches that we have visited and so forth, and then all these people, they will just come up to us and say, oh, this is what's going on. And they're not getting, and, and just being frustrated about different things and how you know their needs are not being met. and. We started to talk to ourselves and just to say, okay, why are all these people coming up to us all of a sudden and just sharing these things? Like, like, what can we do? Like, you know, and then I started in my own self just to pray to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? Like, why are we seeing all these people that are coming up to us? It's not like, you know, we have any influence, like, you know, like pastors or whatever, like where, where in which we can like allow change to come to their situations and it, it was just hard and then i was just even praying more in the closet and i was just saying okay lord what what are you saying like just open my eyes and and just show me because yes i want to help i want to give a helping hand to these people that are crying out like how can you you know how, how what would this look like and then the lord started to say to me you know are you willing to um to sacrifice and then I was looking into okay sacrifice what and I everything that's near and dear to me pretty much is what the Lord was asking me to give to him and I'm like okay what is it that I have that I haven't given to you and then he was saying your kids that you hold near and dear to your heart give them to me your husband that you hold near and dear to your heart give him to me and I'm like, I've given him to you. Like, what does that look like? Like, show me. And then the Lord started to say, okay, he won't only be your husband. And I'm like, what are you saying, Lord? And then he started to show me that there will be times where in which people are going to be needed to be ministers, wives without husband with their kids that will need him at the time. And are you going to be willing to say yes, to give him the freedom to go and to minister and then I started to think, and then I even started to see where in which the Lord, even uh, one of my friends, she was on the phone, we were getting ready to, you know, watch movie, like this is earlier in the ministry. And then she called me how, you know, whatever had happened to him and like pretty much they had, they had cut him and his intestine fell out. It, it was gross. Anyway, and Andrade heard that and then the Lord you know pretty much laid it on his heart to go and i'm like it's it's late in the night it was like almost 12 o'clock it's late it's cold and i need you here 
and then like something goes off in my mind to say okay this is what i'm talking about what are you willing to sacrifice are you willing to go there and then you know we prayed about it he prayed about it and then i got the release in my heart to say you know what yes you need to go and when it comes on even to the kids like are you willing to leave them at times to go and minister to the lost are you willing to leave them to go extend your hand to my lost people to those people who don't have kids who kids who who kids have passed away and they need the administration and then this is when i was saying you know what Lord, I do understand what you're asking of me. And I say, yes, I say yes to your will. Just like that song before was saying, I surrender. So I surrendered everything. And then this, like after I really, really laid it down in my heart and say yes to the Lord. I remember in the washroom, I was just getting ready and it was just on my heart still. And then the Lord said to me, you know what? Because you were willing to give up all that was near and dear to you, get ready for the ride of your life with me. And then that's when we started to come into many of these things. So it's just about, like Jody was saying, the priests and everything, the priestly call, but what is it that you are willing to lay down for him? That's what I wanted to share as a testimony. And just hearing him, I, I could just remember at the time how hard it was but at the same time, his grace is sufficient. And when it is on your heart that this is something that you really want to do for him, the grace will be there for you to say yes to him. I just wanted to share that. Well, amen to that. 